Dennis Stewart, we were going to talk about bitter melon um, last week mm. and so many other good topics came up that we didn't get a chance to. Now, mm. you'd like to talk about bitter melon today? Look, I would, Jane. I've got a fascinating story about bitter melon which supports my argument and claim that it's a very, very useful food for people that are trying to fight type 2 diabetes. Bitter Melon will be on the table and we are taking your calls on 49216216. Peter's rung in from Fassifern about a, a question about Ross River fever, Peter. Oh, yes. Uh, good morning or afternoon, I should say. Hello, you, Peter. Uh, to Dennis, how are you? I'm well indeed. Oh, I've, rung on, I've rung on a few occasions over yes. the last year because I've had a problem which I wasn't quite solving. Yes. Uh, I've, I've done some things that you suggest I do and they've been excellent. Good. But uh, this occurred a year ago. I had every test and, and, and ultrasounds done, and nobody knew what I had. Anyway, after many months, I suggested to my doctor I might have a, uh, a test of malaria, which I had 50 years ago. However, it turned out that it was a test that I had Ross River fever. Oh, okay, yes, yes. And it took me, it's a year ago now, it took me nearly nine months, or even till now, to uh, become good. Yes. And uh, with, with reading on the uh, on the net, etc., the, the the discovery of a new or not a new uh, uh, drug they've uh, they've had it for sixty years for deep vein thrombosis. thrombosis. Apparently, mm-hmm. they're bringing it back, which is PPS, mm-hmm. uh, pentothene polysulfate sodium. Oh yes. Now, uh, is there something in in our magic box here? that uh, can help me along. I, I do take, with your advice, um, uh, we haven't discussed the Ross River fever before, uh-huh, uh-huh. You, but I, have, I do take the lemon juice in the morning and I take my uh, uh, extra virgin olive oil. Oh, they're good old-fashioned things, aren't they? Yeah, and the Astragalus 8, which is the Thompson okay. one, which is Astra Force. Yes, okay. Now, now you, you are taking Astragalus, are you? Yes. And how long have you been taking it? Oh, probably about... Two or three months now, I'd say okay. three months. Because mm. my experience working with astragalusate and Astra, Astrafort products, mm. both of which are very good, by the way, my um, sort of results working with formulations based on astragalus is that they, in my experience, are the best herbal approaches for promoting recovery from some of these uh, weird viral infections, Epstein-Barr virus, cytomegalovirus, Ross River fever, these sorts of things, I, I, um, I always start by recommending astragalus 8 medication, which in many, many cases will promote recovery very, very quickly. Now, I'm not in any way at all opposed to using anything else, far from it, but as far as herbs are concerned, which is my forte, I'm not much good at anything else, but I'm not a bad herbalist, um, I, would, I would suggest that a quiet perseverance with astragalus formulations will at the end of the day uh, do as good as anything else in getting you through to recovery. In fact, it's interesting that some astragalus-based products um, do have words like recovery remedy uh, remedy, or promotes recuperation, which reiterates the experience of working with this and the way in which the industry has taken on board this herb as having a primary role in retrieving health subsequent to contracting some of these things that are difficult to diagnose but usually leave in their wake fatigue and tiredness etc i'd suggest you keep working with what you're doing yeah well actually i'm coming by the day so yes of I'm course 
I just didn't know whether there's some other top-up gear. No, look, I I think I'd say this to all listeners. Taking more things is not necessarily going to do the job faster. And this comes with natural medications. I, I am continually surprised with the way in which people come to my consulting rooms in New Lambton and have huge amounts of supplements that they're taking. And I spend some of my time talking to these dear folk and saying, look, you're spending too much money on too many supplements from which you're not getting value. You may need this, this and this, but not this, 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 this. So I come back to the point. Conservative, useful, uh, proven natural remedies are worthwhile, but don't think one has to always keep adding things to get a faster result. It's not like that. Nicholas joins us. He's rung 49216216 from Edgeworth. And, uh, Nicholas, a question for Dennis on constipation. Yes, Dennis, uh, great show. We always listen to it every Friday. Thank you. Um, a question more I've got you there. We have a disabled child um, yes. wheelchair bound. Yes. And she has a lot of problems with constipation. Yes. Is there any herbs or anything we can give her naturally that will help her? Okay, look, I'll make a few recommendations here because constipation is a very, very popularly uh, presenting product both in my system of medicine and within the mainstream. And uh, there's a few little tips and a few little things that uh, can help this. The first thing, Nicholas, and I'm not sure whether you would have done some of these, but I'll go over it for you and for listeners. The first thing is to appreciate the role of uh, of fibre within the diet and, parti- yeah. and particularly what's called soluble fibre. Now, soluble yeah. fibre is fibre that, I'll be simple, absorbs a lot of moisture into its mass as it yeah. passes through the gut. And therefore, yeah. it tends to work by promoting uh, better stool characteristics and as a result of that encourages transit time. And fortunately, it, is, uh, it comes as a food and yeah. a, a good representative of it would be, say, psyllium-based products, P-S-Y-L-L-I-U-M, psyllium, or or, or, or slippery elm. Both of them are good forms of soluble fibre, albeit I would think that psyllium is probably less expensive. And it's available also in uh, in presentable commercial forms. Product Metamucil, for instance, is a good representative of soluble fibre. So always look at that first up. The diet must be characterized by adequate fiber particularly soluble fiber fiber principle number one now now the second thing and it's already been mentioned by one of our listeners this morning is the regular ongoing use of olive oil and i'm not talking about castor oil i'm talking about olive oil a lot of people do not realize that olive oil has multiple benefits for the body and one of its most important benefits is in promoting a useful uh, effect on constipation. Um, there are multiple ways as to how it works, but one of the ways it works is by improving uh, a secretion of bile from the yeah. liver and gallbladder so that the, to keep it simple, so that the gut uh, becomes more liquefied, the stools become more mobile, and yeah. something start off around about 20 to 30 mils of extra virgin olive oil a day. I love olive oil, so that, that's no oh, issue yeah. for me to take, albeit some people feel that, oh, olive oil, how can you take that? Well, uh, hang on, three-quarters of the world, particularly the Western world, lives on olive oil. So that's the second yeah. principle, and that's very, very safe, 
and yep. bring that in with the soluble fibre. Thirdly, yep. thirdly, there are a group of herbs that are, that are well known and represented in, in numerous products. A little product that I've recommended for years and years and years is known as Lower Bowel Stimulant. And it's made by a good Australian company that I occasionally mention. I try to give all good Australian companies a mention. But this is a product produced by Nature Sunshine. It's an, encap yeah. it's an encapsulated product. It's very, very reliable. And it's based on multiple herbs, all of which would probably go under the banner of being more stimulating than the yeah. other remedies that I have mentioned. That is, they deliberately promote the physiological process known as peristalsis. That, yeah. uh, a capsule of that at night has proven to be very, very, very useful for many of my patients over the years, and I have, yeah. not, I have not experienced any patients saying that they've ever become used to it. It's a yeah. preparation that I have not seen uh, any problems with as far as getting too used to it. Yeah. That is a three-pronged little program, okay. very inexpensive, if your, yep. if your daughter is under medical management, it would be worthwhile running it past the GP, but I'm sure yep. the GP would have no objection to what I've mentioned there. Those yep. things are within reach. You're at Edgeworth. Yep. You could get those yep. from, say, uh, Vitology at Warners Bay, uh, yep. would stock those products. They're economical, and that's yep. why I'm mentioning it. Many natural therapy products these days, unfortunately, have become so commercialised that they're too expensive. These, yeah. pr these products are within your reach, and I have yeah. worked with them. I have confidence in recommending them, but run, run it past your GP so that yeah. he or she can log it and monitor yeah. it with you. No worries. I appreciate it very, very much. Thank Dad. you, Nicholas. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. And uh, we've had a call on 49216216, Dennis, from Grant, who's rung in from Merriweather. Now, it's about a, a special product to take overseas, Grant. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. I was recently driving in the car one Friday listening to the program, and Dennis mentioned this uh, uh the supplement that you might be able to take to help you sort of ward off infection okay. and things like that. Yes, yes, I, I recollect that well, Grant. And um, what I'm going to say now is, is, is based on many years of observing uh, the result of this recommendation. The product that I was talking about was the product that I've already mentioned, and that is the Astragalus 8 product. Uh, now, Astragalus 8, let me just give you a little bit of history. I brought the product into Australia probably 25 years ago and developed the first product right. and gave the first lectures on it. Uh, but right. I, and I have subsequently prescribed it for multiple things ever since. But one of the things that it has been used uh, very successfully for is to take with you when you are going on an extended uh, trip overseas when previously you may have come back uh, feeling unwell as a result of going down, so to speak, with a right. nasty virus or infection. That's the story that many, many people will tell, that they went, they had a good trip, but boy, did they catch something when they went and they've they come back home with them. and they brought something home with them. I had some people recently who, uh, who go overseas quite frequently. They come from up around the Nelson Bay area and their dilemma was that hitherto, every time they had gone overseas, they had returned unwell. Right. And, and they, they perhaps jocularly asked me during one consultation, what would I recommend? I said, look, what I would recommend now is that you begin taking the Astragalus 8 formula 
and right. give yourself one or two weeks warm up on it, then take it with you in a, in a tableted form in, in this case overseas and take it while you are away. And I think they were perhaps a little bit sceptical. The result was after right. six weeks of going overseas, they came back jubilant because for the first time, <laughs> for the first time, they arrived back without bringing with them the consequences of the trip. Now, look, one would be a quack if one said that this was going to work in every case. All, I, all I'm saying is my experience and understanding of this remedy, and I know some people think that I go over the top with this remedy. I don't. It's probably one of my greatest discoveries. And one day when I write a book, I'll talk about how I discovered it. But I don't go over the top. It's, I've observed the benefits of this remedy and would recommend anyone going overseas who hitherto has come back with problems to at least give the Astragalus 8 formula in tableted form a good try. Thank you very much, Dennis. My wife and I are off to England for Christmas yes, to yes. visit our little granddaughters. Okay. My son lives overseas. And, well, you uh, take the Astrocarlo State we'll with you. Do that. I think you'll find <laughs> that. Uh, in fact, in fact, Grant, what we'll do, um, if you hang on, um, the receptionist will take your name and address, and the right. pro- and the program happily will send you a pack of the Astragalus 8 tablets as a, very generous, a, as, a, as a gift from the program and uh, on the understanding that you'll give us some feedback, preferably Definitely. good, when you return from the old country. <laughs> well, all the very best and uh, well done. Stay on the line, Grant, and uh, we will, Sally will talk to you about that. Uh, and we've had another call in on 49216216. Roy has rung in from Fletcher and this is... A bit of a pain in the shoulder and neck, Roy. Yeah, g'day, Dennis. Hello, Roy. How are you? It's actually not a pain. I've got a massive itch around my neck and my shoulder. Okay. I've been to I've been around to my GP, mm-hmm. and um, he's given me some itchy cream. Yes. And I've had no um, satisfaction there. Okay. I've also used Deprazone, yes. and I've had no satisfaction okay. there either. Yeah. I've uh, also mm-hmm. also on. put in a bit of QV cream. Yes. Uh, and that just gives me a little bit of um, relief, but not much. And I'm just okay. wondering, do you... Is it only... A, is it, is it uh, restricted to your neck and shoulder region? Correct. And, and your GP has investigated it, and has he diagnosed it or just suggested that you try something? No, we, we've tried those things I've just mentioned. Okay. Um, the ne- yeah, go on. It, it, if it's an itchy condition... Um, the, the the way to address it is perhaps to address it along the lines that it might be a, an eczema or a, a contact dermatitis. You've not experienced this previously? No. Okay. Look, it's likely, like many of these conditions, to, to resolve itself. But if you haven't had any benefit, I'm going to suggest something that is perhaps so simple that you'll fall over a log, so to speak, or fall off a log. <laughs> don't, don't underestimate the regular use of the of just topical stuff that's so simple um, that you can get from the pharmacist. Zinc-based products are probably one yep. of the best topical things to use. Go to your pharmacy yep. and tell him what I've said, a zinc-based preparation uh, as a yep. starting base, as a starting base. Now, if that does you no good, the yep. preparation called uh, um, GA Complex, the GA Complex Cream. Yeah is a product that I developed. It is not readily available, but it's certainly available from my rooms in, in New Lambton, 39 Alma yep. Road. 
that is one of my most successful topical applications ever developed. And it was, mm-hmm. de- it was developed particularly to deal with dermatitis and eczema conditions of a chronic nature, uh, right. subacute and chronic, which were characterised by itch. And uh, right. I, I not only have recommended it to, to patients and clients, but I have used it myself and have found that um, it's very, very successful. So first up, just go to your pharmacy and mention yep. what I have said, uh, uh, just an ordinary zinc-based zinc product. But if that yep. does no good, make a beeline to Alma Road and pick up the GA Complex cream. Okay, then. Thanks, Roy. Uh, this is Health Naturally on 2NURFM. We're taking your calls on 49216216. Diane has rung in from Merriweather. Now, your question's about curcumin, Diane. Yes, it Hello, is. Hello, Diane. Ha- Hello. <laughs> Hello, Dennis. Yes, I've been um, suffering from hip bursitis yes. and I've been using curcumin mm-hmm. as an anti-inflammatory. That's about the best to use, is it? Look, um, curcumin is useful. It depends upon what concentration you're using it in. Um, Mm. Most preparations in the marketplace abide by dosage factors that have been approved by by regulatory authorities. Um, So if if you're using a good, highly-dosed product of curcumin, um, that should give some relief. But let me be quick to point out that there are various levels of inflammation and various levels of, of uh, discomfort. And mm. one of the things that you've got to be cautious of, that with this present interest, uh, and it's almost an obsession that the industry has presently with curcumin, that we don't, mm. we don't push it beyond its, cap- no. its capability. Um, mm. it, it's not, uh, in my opinion, a cure-all. And if the uh, b- bursitis and the inflammation and discomfort is is not responding to it, I think perhaps you need to think about augmenting the treatment. Have you used other therapies? Yes, I've been. I've had um, I've had an ultrasound injection. Yes, yes. That. I've had that, and I've had physio. Yes, as well. And I was, and then I'm using the the, uh, the natural way. I just thought, yeah, I've heard about a natural patch too. Do you have a natural patch or something? I've just heard a little bit about that they can put on on your skin and it helps it draws it out you don't know anything about that i'd be i wouldn't necessarily agree with this concept of drawing it out if there is anything Mm. topical it would be something that would give up its properties across the skin and be Mm. and be absorbed by the little blood vessels that that support the skin i I would be a little bit cautious about that what i Mm. what what i would say here is look if you're using curcumin fine but Mm. look also for um, for a willow bark preparation. Willow bark, now, right. I've actually gone as far as developing a powdered product based on curcumin, willow bark and bromelain, particularly mm. because I have noted that people don't always get the result from curcumin that they want, but if you blend it with the oldest natural mm. anti-inflammatory agent known to medicine, and that's mm. the willow bark, and you, use some, and you use some bromelain in it to function mm. as, a, as a synergist, mm. my experience of using the powder, which is available from my rooms, is that it's helped a lot of people. So I throw, oh, I throw that in. Mm. Um, the curcumin needs to be augmented frequently by others, mm. and the idea mm. of using it in, uh, in, this, in this form with willow mm. bark and bromelain, as in the powder that I've developed, 
um, that's given some good results. Don't for, oh. don't forget topical mm. management also. The the good old stiff sore and sorry. Yeah. That's that's a useful product to use. Mm. And what we'll be doing is sending you, a, or you'll be picking up a pack of that from my rooms yes. at New Lambton. Uh, we'll, oh, we'll make sure there's a pack of that on the yeah. counter. I'm going back to my rooms immediately. I finish this program, but it'll be there oh. from this afternoon, and you can perhaps look at the uh, product that Willow I mentioned, Bark. the willow yeah. bark with the curcumin. So that'll be oh. there for you. I think oh, you're on good. the on the right track. Um, mm. But as I've said, augment it with what I've said in the preparation yeah. that I've mentioned. Oh, I'm glad I rang. I've been trying to make time to ring up a Friday. I'm glad I rang. Well, there Thank you go. You. It's, we'll your, it's your day. Out. It's your day, Joy. <laughs> well done, Diane, and uh, thanks for your okay. call. Now, um, 49216216, and that is also the number that Diane from Bellbird Heights has rung. And uh, you've got a question about a short, <laughs> sore shoulder, Diane. I have, and it's very sore. I have um, a tear in the... Um, rotor, is it the rotor, rotor cuff? cuff? Yes. And, and it's measuring at least 24 by 23 centimetres. Oh dear. And um, it's so painful. And I have been to the doctors yes. to get um, something for it. Yes. I've taken all sorts of pain yes. tablets. Yes. And it's getting worse. It's not getting any oh, better. Dear, I can hardly move it, and it's just getting me so down. I just oh, want to cry all the time because it's so painful. Look, I can understand that, Diane. Have you have you used anything to rub into it? I've used uh, stiff, sore, and sorry. Are you, are you using it regularly? Yeah, I am. How frequently? Oh, um, I lose it about twice or three times a day. Yes, and and has your doctor prescribed something for it? Uh, well, he's. Uh, I'm on Trammel. Is it Trammel? Trammel, yes, yes. And Tarjin, I think yes, it is. Yes. And um, nothing eases it. It's just so yeah. bad. It's it's getting worse, and it seems to be swollen. My my shoulder seems to be shoulder uh, swollen before the. Um, before the elbow. Oh, dear. Look, what your doctor has prescribed is standard medication for that level of pain. So he knows what he's doing. That's good stuff that he's prescribed, and there's nothing orally in the herbal world that will compete with that. So taking anything orally um, is not going to really uh, be much good. I think your doctor, I think your doctor would be thinking at this stage perhaps of a surgical procedure. Has he mentioned I, I, that? Yeah. Yeah, I'll have to have that done. But I broke my hip seven weeks ago. Oh, dear, dear, dear. You're in the wars, Diane, aren't you? I I fell over and broke my hip. Oh, dear. Well, look, I don't want to be too dismal and disappointing, but I think what you're doing is as good as it's going to get until you follow your doctor's advice and perhaps get it surgically surgically attended to. And, uh, Dennis Stewart, we're going to talk about bitter melon because you've got a story to go Uh, with your experience. I have indeed, uh, Jane. Look, listeners would know that for many years I have taken up the topic of type 2 diabetes with them, uh, realising that type 2 diabetes is of epidemic proportion in our society today. And type 2 diabetes sometimes called late-onset diabetes, is something, fortunately, which can be worked against. Now, we're not talking about type 1 diabetes. We're talking about type 2 diabetes, where things like lifestyle, diet, and even some natural supplements can be useful in stopping the drift 
towards more serious levels of type 2 and the need for medication. So type 1 diabetes is generally... It's the autoimmune condition and it's it's an insulin um, treatment, obviously. And that should not be in any way at all confused with what we're talking about. What we're talking about is what I myself uh, fight against and have fought against it now successfully for quite a number of years, hence my interest. And what I've done over the years is look for simple things, particularly foods in various forms that can help uh, keeping one's blood sugar level within the expected range. One of those foods is known as bitter melon. Bitter melon, its botanical name is Mamordica charantia. And listeners might be interested to know that it is probably one of the most eaten vegetables in the world. It's very, very popularly eaten by people in South Asia, that's India, and equally uh, eaten in places like South America. We see it occasionally on our uh, food stores where it looks like a a cucumber, a long cucumber with a very rough uh, exterior. Not many Australians eat it because it is exceedingly bitter But a lot of our uh, uh, immigrants, they love it and know how to prepare it. Just as a matter Mm. of interest, you're calling it a vegetable rather than a fruit, although we think of melons as being fruits. Look, I I consider it to to be a vegetable because it's not eaten as a fruit. It's always a prepared substance, and one can understand why, keeping in mind that bitter-tasting foods and fruits are always useful in the management of, uh, of, of diabetic problems, the taste of bitterness has been shown to have a useful effect in helping control blood sugar levels. So bitter melon has been something that I had a lot to do with, and I wrote a paper on it called Bitter Melon, which listeners can get free of charge, either by contacting 2NUR or coming to my rooms. The paper's available, and it explains the rationale behind it and the way in which, even in medicine overseas, it is a popularly recommended food substance and increasingly a medicinal substance for type 2. I was so impressed that I, in fact, uh, produced a product called bitter melon powder because most Australians are reluctant to eat the vegetable, but when you dehydrate the vegetable and, and turn it into a powder... It becomes much more easily taken in a very small quantity, hence the bitter melon powder that I manufactured. Now, getting to the story. (laughs) Fascinating story. My wife and myself, being avid herbalists, uh, periodically go into the countryside at particular times of the year to look at some of the herbs, particularly some of the introduced herbs, that are showing their best colours. Now, we love the New England region. My wife was, uh, was born there, and we love that countryside. And it is one of the best countrysides to see uh, as far as promoting a lot of the introduced medicinals. And a few weeks ago, uh, we went to Armidale and spent a delightful four days there visiting my dear wife's uh, relatives, uh, sheep farms, etc. But while we were there, uh, and one of our reasons for going there, we was able to witness the, the hawthorn berry in full flower and it was a remarkable sight and uh, my wife has taken numerous photographs of myself in various poses behind (laughs) flowering hawthorn trees so uh, that was the purpose of going there and it was very successful to look at the countryside photograph some of the medicinals that I refer to but getting back to Bitter Melon coming down the Moonbees on the way down from Armadale my wife who always carries a, a business 
telephone with her. She's a remarkable woman, this lady. She has to be to put up with me for so long. But coming down the Moonbeast, she got a phone call. And the person at the end of it requested, on our business line, my wife was taking the call, by the way, not myself. As you were driving. (laughs) The person on the business line requested uh, that we send uh, two containers of my bitter melon powder to her for her husband. And the story went that her husband has a job, so to speak, where when his blood sugar levels become problematical, his job is complicated or compromised. Uh, One of the requirements of the job is, for safety reasons, that his blood sugar level uh, be be in a situation where it does not warrant medication for safety reasons. And he was moving in that direction uh, with great concern. He heard me talk. Um, They get this program way up the valley, by the way, uh, Jane. Uh, He heard me talk about bitter melon, and he has been taking it now, so his wife said, for quite a number of months, hence uh, the request for further supplies of it, because remarkably, but not remarkably as far as I'm concerned, his blood sugar level has in fact dropped. His HbA1c, which his doctor regularly manages, which is the arbiter of how your diabetes is going, is well within the acceptable range. And this can only be put down to the fact that with lifestyle modification, some change in his diet, and using supplements such as bitter melon powder, that's done the job for him. And I was so encouraged when I heard that that I thought I'd better mention this on program because uh, there are ways in which we can fight against this, do a lot of things ourselves. And bitter melon is one of those foods that's called up in the excellent work written by Dr. Sandra Cabot entitled Diabetes Type 2, You Can Reverse It Naturally. So I mentioned that to listeners. Now, a little point here. The best way of using bitter melon, in my opinion, is if you can't use it as a, as a raw vegetable, use the powder. Because whilst there are encapsulated preparations and tableted preparations, in my opinion, in my opinion, It's better to use the crude vegetable, either in its raw state or powdered state. One, for instance, doesn't eat encapsulated potatoes or cauliflowers. So in my opinion, bitter melon is best seen as a vegetable and used as close as nature as possible. And the powder, after reading the the article, which I repeat, listeners can procure free of charge from the station, after reading that, listeners can see by enthusiasm for recommending it as one of the things, and Cabot mentions it in her book, as one of the things that we can do, working with our GPs, who are interested, by the way, in making sure that that we do things for ourselves, lifestyle modification, monitoring, all those things are promoted by our good GPs. Bitter melon is something that needs to be put in the basket. And uh, you can get it as a capsule or tablet, but as you say, that's not as effective. Yes, Jane, I'm worried at this stage that so many uh, things now are being promoted in sophisticated and sometimes more expensive forms. Look, sometimes that's necessary, don't get me wrong, but wherever possible, try to use things, particularly if they're fruits and vegetables, try to use them in their simplest and most inexpensive form, the most natural way. Now, I'm not criticising the other things, don't get me wrong, but my view is there's too much an emphasis these days in getting away 
from the crude raw food or vegetable uh, fruit and moving towards a finished product. That's the American model, and it worries me. And as you've often said, food is the best It's the best medicine, medicine. And, and, and bitter melon is a food. Now, for the listeners who might be interested, there are numerous recipes on the net as to how to use bitter melon, how to prepare it um, from juicing it or, co- or converting it into a food. A lot of South Asian cookbooks would have numerous recipes for using it, but if you still don't like it or you don't want to go that pathway, the bitter melon powder from my rooms is a good way of doing it. And thank you, Dennis Stewart. We finally did something about the bitter melon we train. We got the bitter and, melon and, and we're not going to be able record. to talk to these dear listeners, but we'll talk to them next week. Next week we will be back on 2NURFM. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.